It was season two, episode two of Mint. Okay, I had these two gentlemen on. Uh, they were called uh, uh, Neil Harbison and Paul Lombarte. Okay, and they're they're like biohackers. Okay, they one of them has like an antenna attached to his head because he's colorblind, and he uses mm-hmm. that antenna as a camera to scan colors, and this sends vibrations back to his head and tells him what's red, what's blue, what's green. And then his friend loves experimenting with his heart. So he had he built a pacemaker and embedded it into his heart. The only reason I say this, okay, and bring this up is because they sold access to their bodies via NFTs. So if someone bought the NFT, they could change Neil's color perception by what the camera kind of sees. And if they bought wow. Paul's NFT, they could change his heart rate and his heartbeat and alter his his temperature and his dreams and everything. And I asked them, like, his, what would wait, you- dreams? Yes, 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 yes. Cool. Like and I asked them, I was like, how much would you actually sell this for? Because they were just testing it amongst, the, amongst themselves. And they both looked at each other like, yeah, 100K? I don't know. And they're like, no, that might even be too much. And I'm like, keep in mm-hmm. mind, you're selling access to your body, right? 24-7, 365. You come into the picture like, no, if you want to buy a fraction of sliver, I think the entire pie is worth a million. Where mm-hmm. do you get like your, your business mindset? Like, where do you get this element, like, are your parents, like, what, what are your parents' background? How are you raised? Like, because selling access to your body, a hundred mm-hmm. versus selling access to your album, your art, it's who you are, a million dollars. How do you, you know what I mean? Like, where does that come from? Did you grow up like that? Like in a very businessy type of environment? Tell me more about that. It's interesting. Hey, I need to meet those two people. Yeah. So if you can hook <laughs> me up on email, because I'm just like, how can we put that into distorting someone's perception of a song? Um, so I'm actually very interested you in that. It. But I feel like I grew up, A, I grew up with, um, I was born to work, right? Okay. I, I was instilled a very, very intense work ethic from a very young age. And I think the business acumen has come over time um, my, my mom is a professor of marketing. Mm. And so her and I have had a lot Amazing. of very in-depth debates um, about all of this stuff. And, and she really has expanded and challenged a lot of my notions. And my mother is brilliantly smart. And so mm-hmm. to debate with her, you need to be on your toes. <laughs> And so, but I think a lot of it has also been born out of the practical. It's like I bootstrapped all of the initial capital for this project by like waiting tables at Applebee's in Times Square. Mm. Right. And so again, like having this work ethic and putting my own money into the project and I, I felt always like this responsibility for it. Right. And since like that was the turning point of recognizing, okay, but this is a business. I'm investing my own money. Right. I need to make sure that I can sustain this, right? I need to make sure that this is a viable career and a viable project for the next 10 to 15 years. And back then it was because I had this innate fear that I was going to have to go back to waiting tables because I waited tables from the time I was like 14, right? Wow. And now it's just the sense of, oh, I actually just want to be doing this for the next 20 years. And I want to be able to empower other artists to recognize that they actually have the capacity to develop the business acumen, to treat themselves like creative entrepreneurs so that they can put themselves in positions of power um, when they're taking on investment, when they're Mm -hmm. sourcing creative partners, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And so that's been my mission 
you know, really for the last five years yeah. of trying to drill that into people's heads. Super cool. Okay. So more on this business acumen, I remember reading in the blog post, you're like, okay, like, fuck, this is going to cost me $400 for my first mint. Fuck it. We'll just pull the trigger because I just took this as a business expense. Many people enter the space and they don't really have that mentality of being like, okay, this is a business expense. Something bigger is going to come out of this. And they get stuck at just like signing that transaction, you know, just mm-hmm. to put that thing on chain. But just to comment on that, let's, let's take it back even further. Like how long were you working at Applebee's for? <laughs> I, um, since the time I was 18, so 14 to 18, I was working at wow. like random local restaurants. And then <laughs> at 18, 18 to 24, I was at various Applebee's initially upstate. And then when I moved to the city, I, I couldn't, I couldn't find another job. And so wow. I, I like walked in and I was just like, I'm gonna work here. And you, were you um, creating like music and, and doing all that stuff during that time as well? Yeah. So essentially, I mean, I think the first, for a while I was really aimless. I didn't understand how to create a career in music. Yeah, I had, sure, you know, sure. no entry more points. creative side, I guess, like exploring. Yeah. yeah. I, so I was writing music in the pockets of time, but I was working anywhere okay. from like 40 to 80 hours a week wow. and just like saving all, like working so much. I couldn't spend any of the money I was saving. Yeah. Um, And then in 2014, I had these four songs that I just, something shifted. It was like, this feels right. This feels like my voice. This feels like what I want to be doing. Um, And I just kind of hustled it on blogs. I sent a song to 500 blogs. One blog picked it up and that got me every major label and major publisher meeting in the UK initially, and then kind of slowly started uh, my career. 